Beatitudes that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5. Um, and you see tidbits of wisdom in there. And of course you're going to get that when you're learning from the wisest teacher. Um, one aspect of wisdom would be, is one author quoted, is the art of reaching one's in by the use of the right means. Okay, so it's not that the end justifies the means, but using the right things, the right cause, to, for a particular end by using the right means. The Bible is pretty clear that wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And this doesn't mean you're afraid of being struck by lightning any day. You know, I remember when we invited our police chief, former police chief, to church. Man, he's like using hyperbole, but he's like, man, I haven't been in church in forever. I'm afraid that God's going to strike me dead if I just go in. And it's not that type of fear, although it can include that type of fear when you know we are not doing right with God, because God can take our life at any moment. Okay, understand the fear of God is that God is in charge. We do give an account to Him. However, we do know His grace and His mercy that He's not wanting us to simply to be hiding in a corner, which <coughs> we're trying to hide <coughs> under the clefts of a rock. As we see in Revelation in the end, you'll have people that do that. They're going to try hiding under the rocks. They're going to be even wanting to die, and then they cannot even die. They can't even kill themselves um, in this particular part phase of the tribulation period. And so there will be that kind of fear when we're an unbeliever, when we reject um, God. But as a believer, one that's in Christ, wants to fear of the Lord to simply be a deep abiding, a holy reverence, a respect for the Lord, a respect for His Word. Um, the book of Proverbs has more to say about wisdom than any other book in the Bible. Uh, Proverbs 9.10, Solomon, who at the time was considered the wisest man on earth, and maybe the wisest besides Jesus, and yet you, he writes about some of his faults. And he said, but he said in Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. When we have a healthy respect, fear for God, it's going to give us wisdom. We're going to make the right choices when we have a reverence for God. And realize that he does Behold the good and evil, that he does watch over us, that nothing is hid from his sight. And when we live in the sense of honoring the Lord, that's going to be the beginning of wisdom. That's where we're going to make wise choices. And the knowledge of the whole is understanding. I'm going to give an acrostic for wisdom. Um, next slide, that's right. Um, w. Walk with God. Walk with God. In the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so when we walk with God, that's going to be the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 23, verse 17 says, Let not thy heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. 
Let not that heart be be sinners. Don't get jealous. Don't get envious. You see the sinners. You see them prospering. Don't get envious about that. But be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Walk with God. You know, we see of the person Enoch. In Genesis 5.24, it says that Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. And then the Bible says, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch walked so close to God that God is like, you know what? Just come up. Just come up. Be with me. That he pleased his Lord and his Savior. Walk with God. That's going to be the beginning of wisdom as you walk in the fear of God. Letter I. Almost said number I. Letter I. Integrity. Integrity. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. A moral uprightness. To be whole. To be complete. To, to really be the entire uh, moral uprightness. Even when nobody else is watching. When nobody else can see what's going on. When no one else can see what you're browsing on the internet. But having a, being a person of integrity. Um, you make a deal with somebody. Having the integrity to follow through on the deal that you made. Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the upright shall guide it, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Now you notice the man's integrity, that's upright, it's going to guide them in life. It's going to um, guide their path. But the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. S for service. And also you can say soul conscious in the same passage. In Mark 10.45, it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto. That, that wasn't the purpose of Jesus coming. Serve me, serve me, I'm the king. No, he who was king, is king, and will be forever king, came to minister. He came to serve. Not to be served. He came to serve, he came to minister, and that was being soul conscious of caring about the souls of others. Now even when he was being crucified, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They don't truly comprehend what they're doing. And yet Jesus did it to lay his life down for us. But find ways of service. Jesus said, neither be ye called masters. For one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be a face. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. That's what Jesus considers greatness. 
that they're looking at ways to serve? How can they lift the burden of another? And so often, you know, an employer, you know, and that's what they're hiring someone to do. They're hiring someone to serve them, so don't get wrong. That's what some of you are being hired by someone. That's what you're agreeing to. But the best type of employers are those that are serving their employees, that they're leading, they're guiding the way. For pastors as well, for example, I, I just read a quote by a preacher. I don't remember the quote verbatim, but um, the principle behind it was that some of you pastors expect so much of the people of the congregation to live your burden in the ministry and then really have no concern about lifting their burdens. And you know, the greatest pastors are those that serve the people. That they sought for ways, how could I serve them? Not how I could be served, but how can I serve them? How can I be of service to other people? And that's where the Bible talks about us in church, we're to bear one another's burdens. Letter D, determination. Determination. Being determined. Wisdom involves being determined. Acts 20, verse 23, we see that Paul says, but none of these things move me. We see that he was determined. Now, what was being told? Let's, let's read it. Acts 20, verse 23. Paul says this, saying that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide so the Spirit of God has already spoken to him and through other prophets that Paul, when he goes, there is he's going to be bound. He is going to be in prison. This is not just a man telling Paul, hey, you're going to prison. This is the Holy Spirit is witnessing in every city that the Spirit of God is telling Paul, you're going to be in bonds and in afflictions. Paul says, but none of these things move me. Spirit of God, it's not saying in the necessary in a cautious way, hey, don't do this or this is going to happen. It's just, you know, like Jesus said, that you know, I will show him what things he shall suffer for my name's sake. And Paul is being willing to go where he's going to suffer, and while in prison, with writing epistles. He wrote for Second Timothy. He wrote under epistles well in prison. So, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I want to finish my course with joy. All these warnings, all these dangers that I'm going to face, they don't move me. He's a man of integrity. And he's like, God has given me the gospel ministry. It's my calling, and I'm going to fulfill it. No matter what the cost. That's what wisdom is going to include. Having determination. Having determination and complete a job. Being determined on whatever God 
has for you that no matter the cost, no matter the hardship, you're determined to endure. But there are opportunities taken. There's going to be opportunities that sometimes arise, and there's going to be opportunities where God doesn't want us to take those opportunities, and there's going to be times where God opens the door, gives an opportunity, and we're to take those opportunities. Whatever may be the case, we should pray and ask God for wisdom of, Lord, show me these opportunities and help me to take these, to seize the opportunities that you want me to fulfill. You see, with the life of Esther in Esther chapter 14, go ahead and turn there. Esther chapter 4. In verse 14, we see Mordecai. He speaks, says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall be there enlargement and delivers the rights of the Jews from another place. Okay, so Mordecai is recognizing that God's providence, God's control with the Israeli people. You know what? God will work things out in his timing. He's not in fear of that, but he does tell Esther that. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So he's saying, you know, yeah, God will take care of it eventually. But if you're absent, if you're not taking this opportunity, then your family, you know, it may be destroyed. And he's saying, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That this is your opportunity. <laughs> that the king had buried her by giving with the king. When the king was exercising in his authority, even the wife was not to come down to his throne. That someone to come down to his throne unasked could receive the death penalty unless the king spares it. And the next verse says, Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day, which usually included when we're fasting, typically prayer. And so I believe they were praying um, here and praying for the situation. And then she says, I also and my maidens will fast likewise. Now we're going to seek God. You know, we don't know what is going to happen. But then she goes, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. And it might say, you know, this might be the only opportunity for the Jewish people to be spared. As Haman was trying to kill all of the Jewish people, just like they're trying to do today with Hamas, um, wanting them to all be um, killed um, from the river to the sea. And, and so, see Esther, though, fasted and asked them to fast, and says, I'll go unto the king, and by perish, I perish. She was determined to take this opportunity. 
And of course, her life was spared, and so were the Hebrews. So take opportunities. God's given you an opportunity. Yes, seek God, pray, make sure it's the opportunity He wants you to do, but take opportunities when they're there. Letter M, be ministry-minded. This is similar to service, the letter S, but be specifically ministry-minded in the church. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, Every man have received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. They know if someone's been gifted in an area, let them minister that in the church. Romans chapter 12, go ahead and turn there, Romans 12 verse 6. Romans 12 6 says that heaven then gives differing according to the grace that is given to us. What a prophecy! Let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, that would be the service of the heaven. It says, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, <clears throat> or he that is sort of on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And different people have different spiritual giftings and natural talents. Okay, although our theme is here is permit thou the faithful man who shall be able to teach others also. This isn't always talking about in a public teaching. But the Bible in one sense says the servant of the Lord ought to be apt to teach. That there's an element that is servants of God that we, we, we teach. But not everyone has the gifting of teaching. And so you try to put someone up to teach. That, that's not their calling, that's not their gifting, is potentially going to frustrate them and frustrate the hearers. And then there are those um, that really have the gift of helps, of, of ministering to people, of being served, serving in the kitchen, maybe um, cooking a meal. You know, you probably don't want someone that does not know how to cook cooking in the kitchen, leading. A church barbecue. If that's not their gifting, their talent. Now, this doesn't mean we can't learn things, but you know, it's better to try and learn in the things that God has already given some gifting in and then learn to excel in those areas. If I try hard, hard to sing, man, it still might not sound too good for you guys. Um, now, of course, anything, you know, we could always try to get better in anything. But what you're really gifted in, find ways to serve in the church sound. Be ministry-minded. You have a, think about any other job occupation you have. Say, Lord, is there any way with the skills I use at work, are there ways I can use that in the church? Now, there might be, in some jobs, there might be okay. Maybe, maybe not. Okay? Maybe, maybe it's not a particular job. But maybe there are certain skills you have in that job that can be used in different ways that can be to minister in a church. And so have wisdom, okay? Have wisdom to walk with God, have integrity, have service, and be soul conscious. 
to have determination, opportunities to take, and to be ministry-minded, four sources of wisdom. God, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and give it to all men liberally and afraid of not, and it shall be given him. Okay, you're needing wisdom? Ask God. Pray. <clears throat> ask God. Um, Solomon, he lost the car keys this last week. I can pick on him. I can't pick on a wife that loses keys all the time. But I'm not the son. He lost his car keys, and he's looking periodically throughout the day, and the other pair of keys is lost too, and stuff. And then all of a sudden, he thought of praying. He went, God, can you help me find my keys? And then immediately a thought came to his mind of where he had been, and he found the keys right there. Sometimes it's in the little things we forget to pray. I mean, how much easier life will be when we do pray? Doesn't mean life's always going to be easy, but maybe just to get an answer or prayer like that, ask of God for wisdom. Another place, wise people. Look for other wise people. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Walk with people that are wise. People that know their stuff. People um, that are people of integrity. And they have wisdom. And oftentimes that means spending time with older people. Spending time with older people that they've been through life. Consider their counsel. And I understand just because someone's old does not mean they're wise. There's a lot of old, cringy people out there, too. And they'll just try to pour water on any kind of fire and passion you have. And so, you know, if you're older, you, you know what? Be wise, okay? Be wise. And younger people seek wisdom from those that have wisdom. Walk with wise people. You know, we see that Rehoboam made the mistake of just going after the counsel of his peers than of those that were older and wiser. And he lost the kingdom because he followed the advice of his peers instead of those that were older. So walk with better wise people. Read God's word. The Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. Go to God's word for wisdom. Unsure about things? Go to God's word. Go to Proverbs. Go to other places in the Bible. There's different handbooks you could use. Um, counsel and guidebooks. Say you're struggling with anxiety. And you know, you take a book that maybe gives you the scripture verses that um, deal with anxiety and to help you overcome those. Looking for wisdom from God's word and reproofs of life. Proverbs six twenty three says, "For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life." And that would kind of tie in with wise people. But there's times where there's reproofs of life. Sometimes it's through a person. Sometimes it's the circumstance. We try something, and we hit a wall of bricks. It didn't work out. It's like, okay, this is basically giving me a reproof in my life. 
I learned from this, and then learn from, actually learn from it, and don't make the same mistake again. So the four sources of wisdom, God, wise people, God's word specifically, and read proofs of We'll go ahead and close in prayer right there, and then go take a quick break, and we'll have our business meeting. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you, Lord, for your word, and Lord, just pray, Lord, that you be with our business meeting that we're about to have, and just, Lord, that be productive and helpful and be a good review of the year, as well as looking forward to the year ahead. Jesus.